Womantla on cliffcentral.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back here with us. It is Womantla. It's five past ten. It is the last Wednesday. Is this the last Wednesday? Yep. No, it's almost the last Wednesday. But it's it's also almost payday. And this is that day. This is that day when um I have Michelle here and we're talking about money. I'm like if you're if you're having that month end anxiety <laughs> if you're not sure <laughs> and, and, and in in September, in September and October, I think the month end anxiety is getting proper because you're mm. also in the final quarter of the year. That's it. <laughs> and also we've got seasonal change. Everything everything changes now. Makes it so much worse. Everything makes it so much worse. So we're talking. Spring cleaning your finances. I'm Pumi Mashejo and I'm with Michelle Dave. And we've got a, a pet show because we've got a lot of things to get through That's in the next it. hour. And it is really, it's about girls. This is this is what we mean when we say Womandla. This is us <laughs> empowering you, getting a grip on your wallet. <laughs> That's it. Getting a grip on your wallet, getting a grip on your money, getting a grip on your life. That's it. Michelle, spring cleaning our finances. It is properly that that time of the year when everybody's doing like washing the windows, washing yeah, the curtains, curtains washing, and putting all the winter stuff away into suitcases and vacuum packing them and you know the big blankets are being vacuum packed and put under the beds and that kind of stuff so it's time to do the same with our money and Uh our finances Uh where do we start i looked at five things for us to look at today and it's really simple things but i think they're so important the very first thing is people should start looking at reviewing their current financial portfolios and i'm talking about short term and long term So I'm not saying to the guys, gosh, go in and buy new things and stuff. But when last did you see a financial advisor? Hold on, Michelle. Yes. Before the when last, the financial (laughs) portfolios. Yes. I think it's important to break it down to say a financial portfolio does not mean that it's like got lots of stuff. No, 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 no. Remember, we spoke about this last year, and we said a financial portfolio is really what you have. So whether you've got a hundred rand. Or whether you've got a million rand. Or whether you've got 500 slips in your purse. No. This is the time to be looking at all of those things and going. We're going to talk about those just now. Better change my life. Uh huh. Okay. So. Okay. So we're going to talk about that just now as well. But I think the very first thing is when last did your financial planner actually sit with you and review your portfolio? I have a, a confession to make. Uh huh. When I arrived here this morning, you know, when I get here, I get here early yep. on Wednesdays. I arrived and it, it was like, Quarter to eight or something. And I sat down and I opened my laptop and I was proper. I was like, Michelle's coming in tomorrow. I better have my story straight. I'm going to pull up my, because I do have a spreadsheet. You know this about me. Uh-huh. I'm going to pull up my spreadsheets. I've been meaning to update the spreadsheet for a while. And I was going to pull it up. Yeah. Um, and shout out to my girl, Mabale. I'm looking at them through the window. I got completely distracted <laughs> by Mabale. And then the next thing I know, you're here. And it's 10 o'clock and we're going in no, there. And you haven't so done I was, it. And I haven't done that. But remember one thing. This is the point that I'm trying to make. You don't have to do this review. Your financial advisor should be doing this review for you. Now, it doesn't mean that your financial advisor will do all your reviews because you may have different people looking at your short term. You may have different people looking at your medical aid. And you may also have people looking at your life assurance. So that's why I'm saying it's an email. You literally open up your mail, 
say to your short-term insurance uh, broker and say, please, would you review my portfolio for me? Is there any way that I can save? Have you taken in consideration that the vehicles that I've got on t- on this portfolio are actually depreciated? Am I paying less for them or are I pay- am I paying more for them? Now, that's an email. You give that person 48 hours and they have to come back to you with a response. So it, it doesn't take much time out of your life, but it could save you a lot of money in your back pocket. Because again, people don't review these things and you're just assuming that everything's okay. So you know the last time we did our our budgets and yes. reviews and, and I, I went back and I looked at my spreadsheet and I looked at my um, statements and what I was paying and all of that. I found out mm-hmm. that, I'm, <laughs> that I've been paying for a tracker for a car I sold <laughs> like Hello. three years ago, yeah. which... As it goes off on a debit and it's 97 rands. You don't even look at it. Doesn't look like anything. Yeah. But for three years, I've Pummy, been paying that's a 97 lot of money. rands a month. No, that's a lot of money. That's like proper. No, I no. I bought a pair of shoes. You could have bought a few pairs of shoes, never mind a pair of shoes. So I was, anyway, yeah. I'm just saying the importance <laughs> of looking after. Of, of that's 3,600 rand in essence. A, a pair of shoes. Wow. Okay. We obviously shop at the wrong places or different places. That's why I only wear sneakers. (laughs) But that's that's just on the importance of just looking at it, spending the time. If I'd done that before the show, if I'd done that um, diligently, if I'd done that with a little bit of discipline, I don't have to do it every day, but just doing it once a year kind of weans off. But just remember one thing. If you actually remember we spoke about when we did budgets and we said if you can do it for three months – Every single month, checking your budget against your bank accounts. Mm. It becomes a habit. Mm. And it just doesn't take much time because eventually you know what you're looking for. Mm. So I know that if I look at things and I go, but what is this amount for? Do you know the number of things? And I know we're yes. going to talk about this later. Um, but the number of people I've seen on Facebook complaining about like suspect debits yeah. of small amounts like 56 rand yeah. out of their accounts and only to find that it's some like fraudulent activity exactly. on their exactly now think about that so let's just take for instance somebody's taking 10 rand out of an out of a account and or they're doing 100 no but that's what i'm saying so they're doing it out of your account but they're also doing it on another thousand accounts Think about how those people, because people, what you just said is so true. People don't look at those small amounts. They kind of like, oh, must be something like a service charge or a, a card protection payment or something like that. So you don't actually look at it and you're not aware of the amount. But if that person's doing that to a thousand accounts, they've got a little extra income coming into their pockets every month. You know, and it's, I, I saw a billboard the other day and I thought, oh, that's so amazing because that's always what I, I think about. You know those SMS notifications? Mm-hmm. There is a particular bank, uh, not Steve's bank, <laughs> <laughs> that, that will send you a notification. And they've got this huge billboard near the airport saying, um, get a notification on every cent spent. Yeah. And I thought that is such a fantastic yeah. selling point. Sure. Because, I mean, I've muted, at my bank, I've muted the notifications. But when I saw that billboard, I suddenly thought, oh, you know, that's exactly. actually a good idea. When, like, even if it comes through in the middle of the night. Sure. If I just get an SMS that says to me, 
this amount's been yeah, debited, accounts, yeah. then you can look at it all the time. But that that's that's something that we're also going to speak about today is how people need to become more aware of what is happening around them. Um how many times do you get either an email or an SMS saying you've won a prize, but to get the prize you need to do X, Y, and Z and give information? So I was going <laughs> to yeah. – I'm actually going to do this a little bit later in the day. An Instagram yes. of snap, a snapshot yes. of the number of emails I have uh-huh. in my trash box. I've got emails from uh, Alina in Syria. <laughs> All the way to to a to a Praveen Gordon. Yes, I've got notifications from people telling me they've paid me for doing yes. whatever. And it is all of a sudden you've got yeah you've got Standard Bank you you can't award rewards. I actually phoned Standard yes. Bank and you don't even with Standard Bank. I thought I got one and it looked so like real and yes. I thought oh Standard Bank. <laughs> what is this? right? And I phoned Standard Bank and I said listen. What is this thing? And yeah. they said, you have to be registered for it. I said, listen, I got an email. Hey, I got an and email. And it looks so real. And it's real. got a reference number and everything. Yeah. And they were like, no, we don't send emails, ma'am. Yeah. And I said, but guys, have you seen? I have. And it's amazing how sophisticated it's become. Oh, of course. Well, a couple of years ago, you'd hear people say 419 scam. And you know, right. you know that you must like, if somebody's trying to get money out of Tunisia on your behalf, that it's not real. Yeah, no, no. But now I will get an email. Uh, we went to Iran um, a couple of, yeah, like last year sometime. I went yeah. to Iran on business and whatever. Suddenly, I get emails from a company in Iran. Oh, good grief. Wanting to do, I'm like, how? These yes. people, how do they know this? They're like But it's also they target, I think it's also the way they target people. And I think that's also people need to be very aware of this, is that a lot of the scams that are going on are actually employees within banks. And I've got a personal experience of somebody that I know that they were doing an online transaction, which was all above board, legit, everything was fine. And within seconds of them actually closing the transaction, they were asked to give a PIN number via SMS. So they were sent a PIN number and said, An SMS. To say, please, could you provide us with this PIN number to conclude the transaction? Now, obviously, if you've just been online, you're kind of going, well, then it must be legit. With, Well, within 24 hours, 180,000 rand had been taken out of this account. So it was the timing and also where you believe it's legitimate. Because you've already just been on that site. And now next minute you get an SMS from your bank and they're going, thank you for that transaction. However, to conclude it, we need X, Y, and Z from you. So you, how clever are these guys getting? So vigilance. Yeah. You must, not Don't only must do you it. know what you are spending on, but you must also just be aware. Mm. All the time of all. Don't let your guard down. Absolutely. You've made a very valid point as well. And I think if people just over the weekend can take an hour, just one hour and go through their bank statement, their online statements and look at things that don't look right. In other words, you now with Tracker, how do you now go back to Tracker and say to them, I need this money back? They're going to say, but why didn't you come to us when the first debit order went through after the sale of the vehicle? They're going to ask you that. Bloody <laughs> 
You know, I <laughs> that that one is actually, yeah. and that it escalates and all of that. So the vigilance is, yeah. Even your credit cards, people go and look at your credit cards because credit cards, you sometimes have a card protection fee, and people don't know that they're paying it. Now, if it comes off monthly and you're aware of it, not a problem because it's like thirty-five rand. But if you've got an annual payment, all of a sudden you've got this amount going off, and you actually have no idea what it's for. So be aware of what goes through your account every single month. And that's why I said, if you do it for three months, it becomes part of what you do at the beginning of every month. Mm-hmm. It's not difficult anymore because you work with your budget and your bank statements and the two have to correlate. Well, well, should <laughs> you hope, <laughs> you hope that they will correlate. But Michelle, you know, one of the things that over the months when we, when we have this money conversation is there is no running away. From how emotional money is Emotional Hence the month end anxiety There there are people who actually cannot sleep I did a show um, A couple of years back uh, About indebtedness And about you And it was phenomenal To watch As this woman broke down in tears About what she spends For her daughters What she spends for her children And what she cannot afford But Insists on spending because she is so emotionally attached to the idea that she's not going to let her daughters be out there needing a blesser. Oh, <laughs> God. Yeah, no. I know. I think that is, that is something that most parents live with is an amount of guilt of what do I give my kids? Is it enough or do I need to give more? And sometimes we need to take that step back. And I think that's something we also like to speak to everybody about today is really about what you spend. Do you need it or do you want it? And, and yeah, so, I mean, those things. Like I want I a need, hell of a lot of stuff. Really, I do. And, and in my brain, there are some things that I, I'm quite clear I need, like chocolate. <laughs> and, and I, and to, to, to distinguish between the two. Yes. Is quite a difficult thing to do. Absolutely. And it's a crucial thing to do. To manage your finances Because if you can't distinguish between a need and a want And again We walk into a place and I go oh, I love that dress, I really want it But do I really need it? Because if you open up your cupboards at home How full are your cupboards? Well Well <laughs> Yeah And again, but it's a need and a want And I think that's purely discipline But it's also all boils down to how much have you got to spend? Have you got the budget? Can you actually afford to spend more? And how does it work? So everything we're talking about today is integral. It, it, it all works together. Because if you're reviewing your budget or your financial portfolio every year, I'd like to ask everybody out there, how long does your savings account in your medical aid last you? That is a question that nobody really thinks of because if people are on medication, not everything is on chronic, but you do need to have that medication maybe for the rest of your life. People with high blood pressure, um, antidepressants, um, sleeping tablets, those are all kinds of things that people may not have on chronic, but they need 
to actually have it to survive and to live properly. You know, and uh, I mean, we've spoken about this before, saying that this is also the time to start looking at and reviewing your medical aid and what you're yes. putting in there and whatever. And, and I do remember there was a time when I knew that in October – yeah, that medical aid is shot. It's gone. It's, it's, <laughs> you're lucky to get to October. I I I knew that by October, in November, yeah. December, you actually paying your own way. Right. And and what I I knew about that, and I tried to see if is there any way that I could get a package that would then last till December yes. or, or whatever, or try and work it out. But even just the discipline of being able to look at it and say, oh. You know, when you get sick in October. Yes. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. So people don't understand that even if you're just using your savings account, maybe not even for your GP visits because you don't do those often, but on a monthly basis, if you've got three people in a family, I mean, your medication can come up to, what, a thousand rand a month? Now, that has to go into your budget for those last three months of the year because that is going to be part of your budget. How else are you going to pay for that medication? It's not something you can go, ah, we don't really need it. It is part of your day-to-day living. So you need to budget for that and know that it's coming. So that's again, how do I know what's in my account? How do I budget against my account? And am I managing that account? And, you know, there there's so many things that... And for for you as a as a registered financial advisor, <laughs> did I say that right? Yes. Registered financial Absolutely. advisor. Absolutely, it sounds so good. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the the tips or tricks? Tricks because sometimes we we have to trick our mind. Yes. Into into allowing us to do the things that we don't want to do or or are unable to do spontaneously. Yes. Over the years, that you found helpful. For needing to do that kind of assessment and reality check for yourself. That really comes about when people are in trouble. And that's the sad part. Is that we can get people to start thinking differently when they're in such a predicament financially that they actually don't know where to turn anymore. That's when the guys are looking at debt counseling and they're looking at alternative methods of earning an income. Or maybe having two jobs. That's when people start looking at it and going, ah, now what do I do? But I, I try and get people first off, before I even do business with people, I say to them, what is your expenditure versus your income? And if I can see that that person has got to pay her Visa card with her American Swiss card, or American, American, not American Swiss, American... <laughs> Something Your diners, diners club, club Or diners club If they've got to try and manage those two By paying one off the other Then there's no There's no sense in actually doing business with somebody like that They need to get their debt under control first So instead of giving me 500 rand Take that 500 rand and start paying off your debt I mean if you hear that Edgar's now Is charging each card holder I think it's 22 rand a month to utilize their cards. Have you heard that? No. Okay. So now that, think about it. People are going, why must I have a card charge to utilize this card to purchase stuff on credit? Well, because Edgar has so much debt. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but now that, that question... <laughs> 
You've just hit the nail on the head. With, no, but yes. the Edgar story is one that tremendously fascinates me because I go to Melrose Arch and I yeah. see that huge new store that they've got. It's yes. not so new anymore. That huge store that they've got there. And there is never a person in there. It's scary. I go to that Edgar's and I think... How are they paying for this? How are they paying for this rent? How are they paying for this? So that story, and and then obviously, you know, in the business um, papers, we've seen all of the the stories yeah. around Edgar's and and the fact that they had such a huge debt book because of yes. their unsecured lending. That, but Why? They, because you yes. buy a car, you yes. buy a dress. That's it. And they can't repossess a dress. It's unlike no. a car where people can repossess. It. But that's the whole thing, and and it's not the individual per se's fault. For getting into that situation. It's that lending has become so easy. It really has. So you're giving money to people that at the end of the day are going to battle to pay you, never mind put food on the table. And that's why I'm saying that if people can just discipline themselves to make sure that that budget is a is workable. I'm not even saying affordable. Is workable. Although Michelle, that sounds like we need a show about <laughs> discipline. <laughs> like I hear what you're saying about: Do I want it? Do I need it? Yes. Do can I afford it? You know, can I can I save up for it and buy it in two months in three right. months time? I, I hear. But you know what? It's a it's it's a need. It's I want it now. I can't wait. And that's just the human psyche. I see it and I want it. Now, not tomorrow, not next week. I want it now. So does that, is that one of the tricks? Because one of the things that I've then taught myself, and I know it's about chocolate, but, <laughs> right? But one of the things I've then taught myself is I want the chocolate now. Yes. I need the chocolate. Give me the chocolate. And, and what I've then taught myself is to have a drink of water and wait. And if I still feel the same way after 30 minutes or after an hour, or after two hours, or if I've forgotten about it, then I don't, I didn't actually need it. Yeah. Like and, and I suppose also even about spending and the dresses and then, you know, it's important to just take a time out. I'll give you a lovely little idea. And I do it with my family, unfortunately. And we've actually got Jade with us in the studio today, my daughter Jade. And, what I normally do is I, if I really want to do something, and I'm talking about a bigger purchase, I'm not talking about smaller purchases, but even with smaller purchases, I'll go home and I'll discuss it with them. And I'll say, guys, I was looking at this and I saw that and everything. And there's a good chance that they'll talk me out of it because they will then make it realistic and say, but mom, hold on a second. You've already got this, 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 and this. Why on earth would you want to get that again, which is so similar to what you've got? So that's another little deterrent by speaking to your family and saying, I have this urge because it becomes an urge, which builds to go and purchase something. But do, do I really need it? And get somebody else to talk you out of it. <laughs> get somebody else to talk you out of it. You know what? I really like the idea of getting that. I think that's a fantastic idea. Yeah. We're talking about money. I'm Pumi Mashako and I've got Michelle Dave here because it's that Wednesday before payday <laughs> and we're out here talking about more money, more problems. Uh, when we get back, a very novel idea. Um, family budgets. Yes. That's family what we're going to be talking about. I am a South African. 
I carry the hopes and dreams of my country and the generations to come. I know that it's not where I come from, but where I'm going to that really matters. At Sibanye, we believe the future of our country will be defined by our actions today, which is why we are committed to the development of our leaders. Sibanye, we are one. Visit us on sibanyegold.co.za. How to start your great with Kellogg's and the Kelman 20. Don't procrastinate. Do what you want to do and do it now. Be as good as you can, but they can't actually ignore you. Run your own race and stop comparing yourself to other people. On your own pace, your own race, your own lane. Love yourself enough to work on yourself and be honest with yourself. The main thing is action every single day. Small attainable goals that will get you in the right direction. Hashtag start your great. Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. We're keeping it real. We're talking about money. It's that day on Womanza. I'm Pumima Shekho and I've got, as usual, Michelle Dave's here with me. She's keeping it real for us. Um, bringing, bringing the big girl panties around what you're doing with your money. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like it's choking us. <laughs> We're talking, too tight. About, we're, get, we're talking about how to spring clean your finances. Mm. We're talking about how to get a grip on that month end um, anxiety. And before all of that, more money, more problems. Before we have more <laughs> money, more problems, budgeting is Michelle's favorite word. Oh my gosh, unfortunately. Is it your favorite word? Almost. So when I saw, when, when I saw your SMS and I was like, budgeting for the family, knowing that you have welcome Jade, young teenager, gorgeous teenage daughter. And I'm so glad you could be here with us today. We're like not going to school for some reason. I don't know what we're paying for. What are we paying for? At school? Well, it was actually job shadowing today. Okay, she's job shadowing. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's my excuse and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> well, well, that meant that you could come and join us. Tell me about family budgeting. So it's enough that you're budgeting as... As an individual. As an individual, yeah. as a mom, as a dad, as an aunt, as a yeah. grandmother. It's enough that you're budgeting for yourself. But now roping everybody in to yep. budget. All right, let's look at it. Today's families are... Very different. Whether you have single parenting. Today's children are very yeah. different. But also, we're going to speak about the kids just now. But our family units have changed quite considerably. Um, so you've got single parenting. You've got multi-parenting. You've got grandparenting. There's very different parenting for or family homes these days. So if I just look at my own personal family home, it's three generations. It's my mom, myself, and Jade. So we have to look at it, and we all live together. So we have to look at a family budget. It doesn't mean that I encroach on my mom's income that she receives as a pensioner. However, we need to establish who pays for what and how things are going to work. And I think that's what we're talking about today. So yes, mom might have a budget, dad might have a budget, but have we included absolutely everything in those budgets? So does dad take care of, say, for instance, the bond? Mom takes care of the perishables in the home and all the um, children's, let's say, stationery, but dad will buy the 
children's school books and school clothing. Because it used to be easy and, and also it changed. I mean, if I, if I think about probably what it was like in the 50s and the mm. 60s, the dad did everything. Yes. So he went out, he earned the money and, and he decided how it was being yes. spent and he gave mom sure. an allowance or whatever it is. That's it. No, <laughs> absolutely. And then but probably in the, in the kind of 70s and 80s shifted a little bit to a place where Home executives Correct. became the new, <laughs> the new buzzword. So even though she may not have been earning or she was earning something, but suddenly there was a family part. Right. I have friends even today who have like joint family accounts. Yes. Freaks me out completely. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> but that's why I'm saying everybody has such a different view on how budgeting should take place. But isn't it fair to sit down, even with the kids, if they're obviously old enough to understand this, to, and, and again, I think that's where we're going to bring Jade in just now to talk about the differences between what the kids today are learning at school with economics and things like that. They know a hell of a lot more than sometimes their parents do. And I, and I say that for myself as well, because Jade comes in and asks me stuff and I go, hmm, Google it. Um, because I really genuinely don't know. So, you must ask the teacher. Google yeah. is not always right. <laughs> Jade, you must ask the teacher. Google is not always right. So these kids are a lot more sophisticated. And they should have an input. And a lot of the kids that are over 16, 17 are also, they've got part-time jobs. Mm-hmm. What is happening to their money? How does that impact if it does at all in the household? Mm-hmm. In other words, are you now saying to your child, you know what, you're working. Um, you're earning a thousand rand a month. Therefore, so I'm cutting your allowance by a thousand. Yes, or I'm going <laughs> to, no, but let's be realistic. Or am I going to say to you, I'd like you to maybe purchase your own deodorants. It, it's something small, but it also starts giving that child a little bit of a sense of their future. But, and that is, I, I was talking earlier about this show that I did with this mother. And, and one of the things that was overwhelming to me watching the exchange, first of all, two, Almost grown daughters, an eighteen-year-old yeah. and a seventeen-year-old, uh, and and I kept thinking to myself, but why don't you just talk to them? Mm. As we then were shooting, that was the first time that those two girls actually heard how much debt their mother was in, in order to give them the fancy stuff they demand. You see, that's that's it. And and I kept thinking, surely if if she had had a conversation with these yeah. kids. They would, they would understand why she says no. Exactly. And I think even as we raise our kids today, we have a far more open relationship with our kids. Kids that definitely have a voice they and do. an opinion. Oh my goodness. And how? And an opinion and, and, <laughs> and to even just help formulate those things for them. It's important to kind of incorporate them into the family planning. You see, I mean, I have a friend as well who unfortunately their kids get everything. But to the detriment of their family life. Because at the end or closer to the end of the month, there is no more money to give. But the kid will say, I need or not even I need, I want this. And mom and dad would rather go into debt to give it to them than not to give it to them at all. And that's why I'm saying when the kids, I honestly believe from about the age of 10, it's my personal opinion, obviously, If they're that age and they have just a general understanding that, you know what, money actually does not grow on trees. Money comes in, but the way we live, it goes out. And show the kids in a very simplistic form that we do have a budget. 
What do we spend on this budget? Where does our money go to every month? Mom gets so much, dad gets so much. Where does that money go to? Jade, what does that make you feel like? Does it like annoy you? <laughs> You're allowed to because it's unradio, yeah. it's unreal. <laughs> You're and allowed also, to. You see, also she's over there. I'll protect <laughs> you. <laughs> I've got a desk protecting me. Um, not at all. I've grown up with a single mom and I've very much been involved in seeing how finances work in my household. It's, it's, I've never been sheltered from what's happening around me. My mom's never gone, oh, we have all of this money to spend, so let's just, you know, throw it at the nearest thing we see. So I think it doesn't annoy me at all, and I think it's kind of put the fear of God in me about, like, <laughs> spending. Which, oh, good grief. <laughs> which isn't a terrible thing. I mean, I've grown up with my mom. It's only ever been my mom and my own mom. My own was a pensioner, and I mean... I have an understanding of money. I think I have a better understanding of how finances work and where finances come from than a lot of people my age. And I think I'm very grateful for that. I work. I do a couple of jobs. I tutor, I waitress. I I earn my own money. And I know how to manage that money purely because I know money doesn't just come from a magical pit in the back of our garden. It's, it's okay to say, even if you're not a parent, it's okay to say money doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> Trying to it's not like use that the mom thing. lingo. <laughs> it's that thing. Like money doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> it's okay to say that because yeah, it's true. You know, money that. doesn't grow on trees. So it's it's something I've learned from a very very young age, and I think it's it's helped me a huge amount. So no, it doesn't annoy me at all. I think budgeting is an incredibly important part of any person's life, purely because, you know, logically you can't spend more than you have because that's when you get into debt. And the more debt piles up, the worse it gets. I mean, even our country's in debt. Half of our budget goes to servicing the debt in the country. It it doesn't money doesn't just pop up out of nowhere. It has to come from a place and that place is budgeting. So what I have I can spend. That's, that's So it. do you have a big savings account? It's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's in the Listen, things? I do. Unfortunately, <laughs> well, fortunately and unfortunately, I'm not quite sure. But I think what Jade's just said is very valid that kids need to understand just the basics. So I'm not talking about giving them the really bad news about, you know, we really are in debt or this, but it's, it's for when a child comes up to you and goes, I really want those sneakers and they 600 rand. I'm sorry. I really don't have the money for that. You know what we spend every month. If you want those sneakers, why don't you start saving for them? And that's and that's a rule, well, not a rule, but it's something that I've taught Jade. And I've said to her, mm-hmm. I can give you so much, but I also need you to understand that when you've got your own money, that that is going to be something for you to look at spending. Mm-hmm. And also keeping in mind that don't become frivolous with your money. Don't just spend because now you've got it. Mm-hmm. I mean, as I said Jade found a community page where she just started selling stuff. <laughs> when I saw people in her house again, she's selling all her old um, evening dresses and shoes and things. I'm going, oh my God, where, where, where do these people come from? But it, it almost helps these kids become entrepreneurs. It gives them a sense of their future self. And I think that's what we're teaching our kids as well, is that if you can get into it at a young age, it's preparing you for your future. It's not something for just now. Do you think so, Jade? You're 16 now, hey? 17. 17. Yeah. 
She's already. <laughs> um, do you think that, because do, you do economics at school, do, yeah. and you, do you think that that has helped your understanding of money? And do you think it makes it easier for when your mom says, my chance? I think, I think it helps. Because she doesn't say it like that. Hey, she just says, budgets. Yeah, it makes it sound very pretty and like a lovely concept. Um, I think it definitely helps purely because in an institution like a school, we have to obviously learn things. And in doing so, it, it kind of opens up our eyes to the bigger picture of things. So at home, when mom goes, we have to save, you know, we have to do this and this and this and this. Um, it's sort of coming from a very micro place, but studying the economy and studying the way that everything around us actually functions, you get a very macro outlook on it. And you see that actually people need to start, I don't know, carpooling because the petrol price is going through the roof. You know, South Africa, our exports are decreasing because no one's buying gold anymore. And we need to look at these things and going, well, our inflation rates is at like 6.7%. And, you know, we need to start cutting back on certain things so that when we have to pay, you know, 3,000 rand premiums for a car every month, that we don't have to stop, you know, buying nice toilet paper. Those sorts of things. <laughs> oh, girl like, after my own heart. Nice toilet paper. I agree with you, girl. Like I going agree back to one you. ply. So I think, yeah. I Imagine. Think, oh, no, thank you. No, thanks. So I think studying, having an understanding from a macro perspective, it's not just mom going, you know, don't spend all your money. It's going, actually, everyone around us is in the same boat. So in the family budgeting, Michelle, when does one start? When does one start? You know, do you start with eight-year-old Kanejo, eight years, 11 months? Eight years, 11 months, guys. I feel quite oh my like, goodness. like a super <laughs> human. <laughs> but do you start with, with eight-year-old Kanejo and budget with him and I, what do yeah. you expose them to and how do you increase I think, it how does one no, get I think going with with somebody like conejo it's just for him to understand that where's the money coming from and what are the basics that you actually have to pay every month so he can understand that mom's given him 50 rand okay there's 50 rand he's gone to the shops and he's bought stuff for 45 rand so now he's only got five rand left but now that five rand has to last him for another two weeks before he gets another 50 rand. So it's almost showing them on their pocket money how it works. So you can even use that as an analogy for them and say, Kanejo, there's your 50 rand pocket money for the month. What are the things you want to buy? Okay, it's going to cost you so much. But if you've bought it in the first two weeks, you have no more money left. Mom works off the same principle. Mom's biz, mom's, mom's life is exactly the same. <laughs> Yes. Okay, so simple things. And, you and have maybe to eat every day, three times a day. <laughs> or five or six if, if he's growing. <laughs> and that's a nice way of them to also understand it by saying, and I'm not talking about giving them real specifics unless they're Jade's age. She sees my budget. She knows exactly what's going on. Because she needs to understand also because I'm a commission earner, some months I can have a whopper and other months not a whopper. So what I do with the whopper months we make sure that most of it is saved so that we have our emergency fund for those months that aren't that great because then we can fill in to actually cover our budget. And that's a big thing is for for kids to understand and families to understand they have to cover the budget. 
So it doesn't help earning 50,000 rand, but owing 65. That's, that's the whole thinking behind it. Just that overall understanding of where does it come from? Where does it go to? And where does it place us at the end of the month? And for you, um, doing it all the time and advising your clients to do it, the biggest benefits of incorporating children into a family budget are? Very simple. An understanding of what happens in the household. It's, it's, there's no rocket science to this. It's so that kids really get it. So that when mom says or dad says, no, you cannot have that. What are those hoverboard things? Yeah. All the kids want these damn things, but how much and do they cost? like 6,000 yeah, rand. Yeah. So now a kid comes and goes, I want this. Do you know what we earn? Do you know what we spend? Do you know you need to walk? <laughs> <laughs> okay. But for me, that's why I'm saying just so that families work together, it becomes congruent. The families work as an integral part towards each other and with each other that they understand that this is what happens. That's what goes on in the household. So maybe if I see this thing, remember the want and the need that that thought process starts working differently for kids. Yeah. And even looking at people my age that are, you know, turning 18 soon. And I've got friends who have never been taught this idea. They've never, their parents have never sat them down and gone, we earned this. So we can only afford this. And I've got friends that are spending, I don't know, 3000 rand on a pair of jeans and they'll come to school the next week and go, Oh, my family couldn't afford to buy food this week. But they don't see the correlation between I'm spending money on this useless rubbish, but my family can't actually afford it. They don't, they don't see that connection because there's no, there's never been a point where they've gone, we can afford this so we can buy this. They just kind of go, I want this, so I'm going to buy it. And I'll think about what happens once I've got that thing. And sure. You know, as, as you girls are talking, I'm, I'm trying to think, and I always think about my parents. And I always think about, you know, Sky at my work, we always talk about what, what it actually means to, to have an emerging economy or an yeah. emerging middle class is it really means that what I earn today, if I told my grandmother what I Jeez. earn today, she would actually like, <laughs> I think <Jeez>. she plots <laughs> because, <laughs> because I don't think that in, in, in all her life of working, she's ever earned that kind Correct. of a lump sum. We've spoken about this before about how, the the real value of it today right. and the real value of it then, but those two things um, are so far away from each other. And just hearing you talk talk about it like this, I'm kind of thinking, geez, you know, if I think that about my grandmother and the fact that she raised her kids, she has a house, she you know yes. lived an entire life, right? And even though I earn so much more than she's ever earned, it's so hard. It's such a struggle to do exactly. all of the things that she's been able to do and so that it fascinates me because what i'm hearing michelle from from jade is that you have equipped her to be able to in the future 
when she's because that's it's ludicrous that yeah. you're like 18 and you've never been part of a budget not at yes. home not at anywhere and then you know we see the fees must fall we see all of that right. stuff happening but the reality is there's those kids they're 20 years old they've never seen a family budget no they, they you know, don't know what it's about and then you expect them to to kind of when to they be, start working yeah and to be reasonably responsible human beings and adults mm. But I mean, that's the thing is what happens? I, I've said to Jade, <laughs> shame this poor child. I've actually said to her, when she starts working, her first paycheck, she's going to take out a retirement annuity. That's the first thing she's going to do. Because you know what? She needs to understand that there's nobody else that's going to look after her old age but herself. And it's not being harsh. It's being realistic. And it, and I think that's what you, it's nice. What you said is equipping kids or equipping a family. It's not just the kids; it's equipping the family, but it also helps the family to work better together than as a unit. Because if everybody knows what's going on, I mean, I said to Jade, um, if you think about interest rates, which is our last little thing that we're going to speak about. Last ten minutes, yeah, interest yeah. rates. But the interest rates are not just something. It's it's everything you borrow. Is affected by interest rates So it's not just people's bonds And that's what people think People go, oh, it's just my bond You know, it's going to be 100 rand extra on the bond Now hold on a seki You've now got the husband's wife A husband's wife, <laughs> oh my goodness A husband's the car ex-husband's wife. <laughs> wife You've got hubby's car Mom's car And maybe you've got one Kaya kid purchase. Or you've got a kid that's in varsity And, that, and you're paying for that car and you've got higher purchases. So add all of that stuff up at a 0.5 base point increase. It's going to be substantially more than what you've been paying. Yeah. So if you're working on a current budget, which is already tight, what do you give up to make sure all of that's going to be paid? Yeah. I think what a lot of people don't understand is that the reason why interest rates go up is especially in an economy like ours where we have very, very high inflation at the moment. It's and way zero point zero 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 yeah, zero one so percent growth. No growth and we've got this ridiculously high inflation. Not because of anything great or like super. It's purely because, you know, we're not doing much right now because we can't we can't purely produce. because the economy of the world right now <laughs> yeah, the america's the economy is, is too dip. strong china's economy is too weak so they increase the interest rates to try and decrease inflation in our country so people think okay well if interest rates go up my house costs more and my car costs more but that's it it's not it's absolutely everything you spend money on because they're going well if everything's more expensive then people won't demand as much so it really impacts absolutely everything in people's lives and they need to take that into account when they're living and buying things because mm. everything costs more and your value of money is so much less it's it's ridiculous even like chappies <laughs> i used to be able to buy 20 chappies for a rand and now i can get two mm. it's it's crazy yeah and, and that's the value that's a very valuable lesson for everybody to learn is just live within your means but always have a little bit of extra because if you've got that little bit of extra when this happens and when interest rates go up, you can actually still live within your means. So, Michelle, all the things you've seen over the years as a registered financial advisor, <laughs> what uh, do you think the interest rate is going up? Because I'm watching 
Bloomberg. I'm watching all of those guys and I'm going, America's interest rate is definitely going up. It's mm. definitely going up. Do you think for me, but I think, you know, no, we need to be realistic as well about our interest rates. If you look at 1998, I think it was 1998, our interest rates were sitting at 23%. That is three times what we're sitting at now. Three times. And people were still living. So it's again, the interest rates are just a byproduct of the way we spend our money. Because we need to work within our own budgets, but also making sure that we have that little bit of extra in the event of interest rates going up. Because our interest rates have actually been awesome in the last few years, to be quite honest with you. It's not as if we've had these massive jumps and that our interest rates are sitting at 20% and stuff. We're still sitting at 10.5%. So that is pretty good. So... Last thing before we say goodbye, just those top five points. Yeah. When you're spring cleaning your wallet, it's September. Sure. We're in the final quarter, guys. It's the last stretch going into into the end of the year, December sure. and holidays. <laughs> yeah. To, the one top again, five things from the top. Yeah. What are the things that everybody should be doing sure. every month, at least? From now until December, yes. and then I promise you, in January, it's going to be part of your. It's going to be part of your psyche. Yeah, absolutely. Gonna we're going to make. We are. We're going to make such a pain in your ass. You're not going to forget it. <laughs> All right. So first, review your current financial portfolio, whether it's long or short term, or medical aid. Review it. Number two, manage your debt, keeping in mind that rising interest rates does not just affect your bond. It's all debt that you have. Watch what you spend. Do you need it? Or do you want it? Then also be vigilant. Fraud is everywhere. Guys, just be vigilant. Don't just send your PIN or your bank details to anybody. And Don't last, go for it. If no. they say you're getting a... Like no. A, Did you know that I have a family member in England that passed away and that left 30 million pounds I wow. I, wow. I have, I, I have, you've many also got people, that person. I have many people in Syria trying to get money <laughs> out of that awful war. And, and I'm the only person that can help them. Yeah. They tell me this in emails Absolutely. every day. I think on average, I get like five oh, emails like that. And on I think, average. Yeah. And I think again, the most important thing for today is have a family budget. Get everybody in the family involved and let them understand where everything comes from and where everything goes to. It's a lot to take in girls, but I promise you, if you do it now, um, what do they say? Uh, practice makes, makes all things <laughs> easy. So practice <laughs> makes all things easy. Just all you got to do is start. I'm Pumi Mashekho. Thank you, Jade, for coming and chatting with Thank us. Thank you so much. She said, she, it wasn't painful, hey. You said it was like, <laughs> it's going to be like crying on air. It wasn't painful at all. <laughs> We're glad you could chat with us. And, and I'm absolutely astounded at how fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. Like, she's so realistic about life. Well done, Michelle. <laughs> well Thanks. done, Michelle. Well done, Jade. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Michelle, for coming through. Pleasure. Michelle Happy Dave. spring cleaning, everybody. This is cliffcentral.com.